Welcome in. What's right, Nick Wright? Episode 102, our week. My God, is this week 14? Our week 14 gambling show? Week 13 gambling show. I'm all thrown off because we haven't been on TV the last few days because of the awesome World Cup. I hope you guys saw the What's Right show yesterday where we did a deep dive into the World Cup and I discussed the most irritating soccer commentary that exists. That's available on our YouTube page and on our podcast feeds. However, we're going to get into this week, back to the same regular schedule, five picks. We do our picks, we do our stayaways, our be carefuls, and our perfectly priced. Last week, we did six picks, and thank God we did, because that added sixth pick is what saved us from having a losing week. It was a very odd weekend of gambling, which was we went 2-0 and on Thursday, 1-0 and on Monday with our bonus pick, and 0-3 on Sunday afternoon. So let's go through it. Detroit plus 10 versus Buffalo. Obviously the right side. They could have won outright. Giants plus nine and a half against Dallas. Got away with one there. The late cover touchdown. Thank you, Giants. Tennessee plus two and a half against Cincinnati. Didn't work out. Cincinnati was better. I liked the Zach Taylor matchup. Is Tennessee, Cincinnati, the Zach Taylor versus Mike Brable matchup, I should say. But Cincinnati did a wonderful job of shutting down Derrick Henry, except for the screen pass. Seattle minus three and a half against Vegas. Went to overtime. Seattle had plenty of opportunities. Good for Vegas. We were on the wrong side of it. Another right move down the tubes. And that one was a torturous bet to lose. Had no reason to lose. Should have at least pushed. The fact that Tampa couldn't get, couldn't, that we talked about it on Monday, the clock management at the end of the game, The inability to move the ball in overtime was disastrous. And then Pittsburgh, plus two and a half against the fight in Jeff Saturdays. So last week, three and three. So we remain three games under 500. Again, not the exact place we want to be in, but still alive for a great season. If it long season these days, this is what we have week 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and week 18. We have almost a third of the season. In fact, we have exactly a third of the season remaining. So let's just go four and one over the next few weeks, and we'll be good to go. We will start this week with Atlanta plus one against Pittsburgh. Okay. Atlanta has not looked good lately. I'm not going to give a deep analysis of this game. This one is very, very simple. Pittsburgh is coming off a nationally televised victory, and the game before that, while the defense didn't play well, the offense did. I think right now they're a little overvalued. Atlanta, at home, in Atlanta has to feel like, even though they just put Kyle Pitts on IR, we're still alive and because they are still alive because the Bucs can't take control of anything. And my analysis on this, even though it's only one point, is very simple. Kenny Pickett should not be a road favorite over anybody. I think Atlanta wins this game. Pittsburgh got a nice win for them. They saw some nice things from Kenny Pickett the last few weeks. I thought when when this game, I thought it would be Atlanta by two and a half. It's Pittsburgh by one. I like Atlanta getting the one point. We'll move on to the next game. These first two games, by the way, are ugly games. Not incredibly interesting. We'll do them quickly. We like the value on them. The Giants, plus two and a half against Washington. Again, 
Are the Giants headed in the wrong direction? Obviously. Does Washington look like they could end up stealing their playoff spot? Yes. However, the Giants at home getting almost a field goal against Taylor Heineke, who while has the, the Washington's been winning, Heineke has not played exceptionally well. The Giants desperate with some extra rest because of the Thanksgiving game. All of those reasons, I like the Giants this weekend to win, to kind of stabilize their season a bit. Now, will they make the playoffs? Maybe not. Right now, Giants, Washington, Seattle, two of them are going to make the playoffs. One of them is not. So for the Giants, when they have to go to Washington in a couple weeks, and I know Washington's getting Chase Young back, this is as close to a must win as you're going to have for a team. I like the Giants getting points at home, that Giants defense, and I like Saquon's chances of bouncing out of his little mini slump this weekend. Giants getting nearly a field goal at home. If you're thinking about betting this one, I would wait a bit because if it goes down to Giants plus two, you're not losing much value at all. And I would hold on to the hope that maybe it gets up to Giants plus three, but I like the Giants and Atlanta to both win outright as slight home dogs. Now we get to much more interesting games. The Chargers, minus a point and a half at the Raiders. The Raiders needed overtime and the game of Josh Jacobs' life last week to beat Seattle. The Chargers are in a spot where they are good enough and they will be getting healthier as the year goes on to not only be a playoff team, but to be a potentially dangerous playoff team. But the only way that can happen is if they they got to start winning more games because the Jets stabilized themselves a bit, it would appear, by uh, putting in Mike White. The Patriots have a brutal schedule moving forward, but if you think the Patriots are going to be able to split with the Bills, and by the way, Patriots-Bills is tonight. You guys it will, when you guys hear it, it will have been last night. So we don't pick the Thursday night games anymore. If I were picking a side in that, I would like the Patriots plus the points, but I'm not betting that game either way. The Chargers, this is for, for if they are going to sneak their way into the wild card and be a dangerous wild card team, they have to build on the momentum of their win against the Cardinals last week. It's the, they've got to, because they've got this week, they have the Raiders, and then they have two tough games in a row. Granted, they're at home, but they have no home field. They're home for Miami, then home for the Titans. So let's just assume the Chargers lose both of those games. That all of a sudden would put them at seven losses. So they have to win all of their other games to get to the 10 wins it's going to take to make the postseason. They have the Raiders, then Dolphins, Titans, then Colts, Rams, Broncos. Colts, Rams, Broncos, about as nice of a finishing three games as you can have. They need to make it so they're alive going into those final three. That means they win in Vegas. I like the Chargers' ability to move the football on a Raiders team that has has had trouble last week notwithstanding getting to the passer all year. I'm only laying a point and a half. I don't mind doing that even though they're on the road. Chargers minus one and a half. So you know last week you had to pick six teams to save Mm -hmm. you from a losing week. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little piece of advice here. Okay. You could avoid betting on the two two most unpredictable teams in the league. 
Well, yeah, listen, I, I could, but I also think that the Raiders should, the Raiders have sh- shown us nothing that they should be that, how do I put this? The Raiders are getting less than a field goal. I know they're at home against what I consider a good team. And I understand they just beat the Seahawks in overtime. But prior to that, their only victories this year had come against the Texans and the Broncos. So why do I think the Raiders are going to all all of a sudden string together back after winning? By the way, they've already won back-to-back. String together three straight wins. I think Josh McDaniels, one of the worst coaches in the league. I think the Chargers are desperate. And the Chargers, to me, are not that unpredictable. They're just incredibly banged up. I think Justin Herbert has a big game. I like the Chargers. Have their last two wins come from overtime? Yeah, both of them. Both of them walk off overtime touchdowns. The Devontae Adams touchdown against Russ and the Broncos, 22-16. And then the 85-yard Josh Jacobs run. All right, next. One of my favorite bets of the year. I'm going to be in Vegas for this game. I'm going to be watching the World Cup in the morning and then getting ready for one of the games of the year in the NFL. You guys know I have not included the Chiefs in Knicks picks hardly at all this year. Kansas City minus less than a field goal, minus two against Cincinnati. So if the Chiefs win this game, they they don't lock up the one seed because Buffalo and Miami are right there. But they already have the tiebreaker with Tennessee, who is the AFC South divisional leader. They currently, they would get the tiebreaker with Cincinnati, who is the tied for the lead in the AFC North. They'd still have to end Cincinnati would be down to five losses. They would eliminate Cincinnati from there. Also, if the Chiefs win this game, the rest of, this is their last truly difficult game on their schedule. The rest of the way for the Chiefs after this game. Broncos, Texans, home for the Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders. If they win this game, their absolute floor is 14-3, and which would mean Buffalo or Miami, would who play each other, by the way, one of them would have to go undefeated the rest of the way for the Chiefs not to get the one seed. Baltimore would be out of it because the Chiefs are, if they win this game, they are not losing Two of the follow two of Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, Raiders. Flatly not happening. Add to it. Patrick Mahomes has never lost three in a row to a team. It's incredibly rare he's ever lost two in a row to a team. In fact, I think the only team to beat him two in a row might be the Patriots when they had Brady. One of them was an overtime AFC championship game. I'm not certain on that. I'm going to have to check that. The single, the only true dark moment of Mahomes' career was the second half of the AFC Championship game last year against this very team. This is, the everyone has wanted to make the Bills the Chiefs rival. And I get that because they've played great games. But the Bills have played them in the playoffs and lost each time. If the Bengals were to win this game, Joe Burrow would be 3-0 in his career against Patrick Mahomes. There is a lot on the line here. I don't want to say legacy-wise, 
But as far as a, and they could play again in the playoffs. Like, wait, do we have everyone in the conference's number except for Cincinnati? I think now Cincinnati, what they did defensively against Derrick Henry was incredibly impressive. The Chiefs are just not going to run the ball. They, the Bengals are without Chidobia Wuzier, who's been on IR for a while, their best corner. The Chiefs, I'm laying less than a field goal. And here's the other thing. Kansas City laying less than a field goal is a must bet against anybody. I love the Chiefs minus the two. It might be my favorite bet of the year. I think you should be a little bit a little nervous mm-hmm. given these following numbers. Okay. Kansas City is one in seven against the spread this year after wins. Okay. And the last time they were on a five game win, winning streak, they lost to Cincinnati on the road. Listen, it's hard to go on long winning streaks in this league. The one in seven against the spread after wins is not as noteworthy to me, however, in this regard. It's usually because they're big favorites. It's usually because that point spread has been inflated. Fair enough. It, to cover this, they just need to win the game. They, I mean, I understand they could they push with a two-point win and they lose against the spread with a one-point win. I like the Chiefs here. I like the Chiefs making a statement, having a statement game and the Chiefs not getting, because both the games against Cincinnati last year, they the Chiefs annihilated them in the first half and then were nowhere to be seen in the second half. And so all those reasons, I love the Chiefs minus two here. And then lastly, this one, I'll be very quick on it. It's just too many points. The Colts plus 11 and a half at Dallas. Do I like Jeff Saturday? No. Does it terrify me that Matt Ryan is going to get sacked eight times in this game, have three fumbles? Yeah, against that Cowboys pass rush. The Cowboys are the team on the extra rest. The extra, extra rest, by the way, because the Cowboys played on Thanksgiving. The Colts played on Monday night. All of those things are in the favor of the Dallas Cowboys. 11 and a half is too many points. There's just so many results here where the Cowboys dominate this game and the Colts still cover. 27-17, that's a Colts cover. 28-17, that's a Colts cover. 31-20, that's a Colts cover. There's 11 and a half points. The Cowboy, the the Colts are not a horrible team. They have some horrible games, but when Matt Ryan has played this year, the Colts have been around 500, and they have some games where they look totally incompetent. However, Dallas's one weakness is its its one glaring weakness is its run defense. Now they shored that up a bit on Thanksgiving. I don't know if that means they fixed it. The Colts will run the football. The Colts will try to make this a fast game. It's too many points. The Colts plus 11 and a half is a bet. It's just too many points. I like that one a lot. The Also, by the way, it is a sign of how powerful the Cowboys are from a ratings perspective that NBC could have had on Sunday Night Football Dolphins Niners which might be the Super Bowl. The Niners are the second favorites in the NFC. The Dolphins are the third favorites in the AFC. And instead, they kept it uh, Colts-Cowboys, even though the Colts are terrible and were on national TV last week because they they just know people want to see the Dallas Cowboys. So it just that's not a gambling note. It's like America's team. Well, I mean, that's what they're called. And... 
I mean, the Fox did 40 million people on Thanksgiving. 40 million people watched that football game on Thanksgiving. The the Fox has the Super Bowl this year, and they have a real shot at what would be the highest-rated Super Bowl in modern times, which would be Cowboys Chiefs. Okay, you you have Mah- <laughs> the star power of Mahomes, the Cowboys in the first Super Bowl in a quarter century. Cowboys anybody would be crazy rated. Cowboys Chiefs would have to be, I would imagine, Fox's number one pick if they could pick, and that's on the board. All right, so you good? No, on- you, I mean, you kind of covered the question that I was going to ask. It was just regarding Dallas being on a short week. And Je- I mean, Dallas being on a long week and Jeff Saturday being on a short week. Yeah, well, listen, I don't like Jeff Saturday's in-game adjustment to the clock management stuff for Monday night was a total tra- <coughs> travesty. Pardon me. That's been well documented. Uh, but I don't expect this game to be one where clock management's really a factor. I do expect Dallas. First, if clock management's a factor, they covered the 11 and a half. You know what I mean? Like, if it's close enough to where right. timeout management matters, they've covered the 11 and a half, so that doesn't matter. This, to me, is more about can they keep it close-ish and be alive for a backdoor cover or be alive for Dallas to be taking knees up 8 or 10 late? I think so. I like the Colts plus 11.5. All right. Stay aways. Be carefuls and perfectly priced. All that next. What's right? This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot right. Your mental health journey begins here. All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright. We just gave you our five picks of the week. Atlanta plus one, Giants plus two and a half, Chargers minus one and a half, KC minus two, and Indy plus 11 and a half. I said Kansas City minus two is my favorite bet, one of my favorite bets of the year. Will I make that the right move? I might not because I might feel like there's so much bad right move juju that I don't even want to deal with it. Can I tell you a sad, uh, I should have sent this to our producers. A sad DM I got from arguably the greatest poker player of all time, Texas Dolly, Doyle Brunson, sent me this on Monday. I followed your pick Sunday, and I am still (laughs) bleeding. I hate red board games, but I think we were pretty unlucky. Angry guy emoji. I cost Doyle Brunson probably 
$30,000 by going over three on Sunday. And our mailman. What do you mean our mailman? I mean, he said that when I when he when he asked me to come out for the FedEx package or whatever, he said that the prints that it was promised has cost him a lot of money this year. Listen, I don't take that stuff lightly. I feel badly about which is why I spend so much time and which is why it is important to me. Listen, this is not me taking a shot. But Bill Simmons does the, these things. He does his weekly pick shows called Million Dollar Picks. And on this year, on the million dollar picks, he's down like four million bucks. And it's all like on teasers and parlays. And I would, this is the worst year picking games I have had, I think, since I've been on TV. And I'm three games below five. Let's note that it's the only one that's documented. No, uh, no, no, right. not the only one that's documented. Just because you weren't there for it doesn't mean <laughs> I wasn't giving the picks on TV and on Twitter. On a weekly basis, but the, the you mentioned it costing. If you bet a hundred dollars on all of our games, okay, you would be minus three hundred plus the vig. You'd be minus six hundred and ten dollars right now. Over the course of the season, you would have won twenty eight hundred dollars worth of bets. You would have lost thirty four hundred and ten dollars worth of bets. You'd be minus six ten. That's not on a, if you're a hundred dollar better. That's not great, but over the course of twelve weeks, you'd be down fifty dollars a week. It's manageable. You know what I mean? You, I haven't cost anybody their shirt here. Where and so and we still have a very real chance of finishing above five hundred, slightly in the green, which is what we would like to. We would like to be massively in the green. Sure. Would we like our our picks to be uh, shaping up well against? the Las Vegas Super Contest leaders like they did a few years ago? Sure. Thus far this year, it hasn't been that. But you can survive on around 500 yeah. and still have had a good football season. At least you just got to clean it up and not turn it around. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It, you know what? That's exa- That's a great way to put it. I need to clean it up, not a full-on turnaround. Right. So now, and it's because we've stayed true to this system, our picks, our stayaways, our be-carefuls, and our perfectly priced, our three stayaways this week: Cleveland at Houston, Green Bay at Chicago, and Jacksonville at Detroit. Let's start with Cleveland at Houston. This is very simple on why it's a stayaway. We've not seen Deshaun Watson play football in two years, so you might say, "Then why would I not grab Houston at home, grabbing the points?" Houston, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> was, did you see this quote? No. Brandon Cooks, who's probably the best player on the Texans' offense, was asked. After the Dolphins game, when did you guys know you were outclassed? And he said, probably first play of the game. We just knew. Like, they're done. Lovey is not an NFL head coach anymore. Are you supposed to say stuff? No, he wanted to be traded. He was very angry they didn't trade him at the deadline. Very yeah. angry. They didn't. He wanted to go play for a real team. So, you can't bet on Houston right now. They can't score in the first half. They, 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 went to, they were starting Davis Mills. Then they went to, what was it, Brandon Allen? I don't even know who their quarterback was this past week. It was terrible. Uh, and Cleveland, so you can't bet on Houston. But you to me, it would be insane to bet on Deshaun Watson in his first game in two years laying a touchdown. Yeah. So that is the definition of a stay away. So wouldn't it make sense to bet on some first half lines since like Deshaun Watson might be a little rusty? 
But now we're getting, what do you think Houston is in the first half? Getting four? So now I'm now I'm betting on Houston. Do you know how many points Cleveland needs to cover four in the first half? Seven. That's how many they need to cover four in the first half. Like the so no, I'm just I to me that is the definition of a stay away. Green Bay at Chicago. Chicago getting four and a half. As we record this, we don't know if Justin Fields is playing. Yeah. Uh, and far far. Rogers should play. He's banged up. So you have injuries to both quarterbacks as we're recording this. We must stay away. I, I like I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell me. I like Green Bay against Chicago with no Justin Fields. I mean, the way they got done by the Jets last week. Oh, I totally agree with you, but it might be with Justin Fields. Right. Yeah, of course. And, and if it's no Justin Fields, that line probably moves to seven. Right. So that, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just right now, I, I it's see. a stay away. And then Jacksonville laying one in Detroit. Wow. What? And the stay away, not even be careful. What, why? What? So since them only, they've only won one road game since de- December 2019. Okay, I don't, you really. can't jump on them. What do you mean? I don't think can't. I've ever seen the Jags in the stay away category. Is my ban over for the Jags? I, th- I think it's up this week. Yeah. This week I'm allowed to bet on. Yeah. Six picks again. Six picks again. Six picks again. Add the Jags. Are you, the Jags are not losing. The, the prince that was promised is not losing they are to Jared in, Goff. In Detroit. You know what that means? You know what my big takeaway from them being in Detroit is? You know what Detroit has over that stadium? A roof. <laughs> so I'm not going to have to worry about the rain. I'm not going to have to worry about the elements. <laughs> I'm just going to get the prince that was promised wheeling and dealing for a Jags team that I told you all they have to do is win out and they make the playoffs. Add them to the list. We only have two stayaways, Chicago, Green Bay, and Cleveland, Houston. What was I thinking with my ban lifted and not betting the frisky Jags after Trevor Lawrence just diced up the Baltimore Ravens? Trevor Lawrence has never lost. I mean, has never won as a favorite, by the way. Okay, that's a BS stat because he's probably only only been a favorite like three times in his career. He's probably like 0-3 as a favorite. I one point is not even really a favorite. It, uh, the, the, it, the, it's, what the Jags also have nineteen straight losses to the NFC again. That is a BS stat because so because he wasn't they, playing for eighteen games. What? Well, well, not for eighteen, but they played the NFC five times last year, and what a couple times this year. So Trevor Lawrence is. is, is I don't care about any of that. Seven. Yeah, but again, <laughs> what did we tell you guys last week about or on Monday about Trevor? That his first year didn't count. Exactly right. <laughs> Throw all those records out. Doesn't matter. Jags, minus one. Add them to the picks. We're doing six picks again. Be careful. Tennessee at Philly, Seattle at the Rams, and New Orleans at Tampa. Okay. Tennessee at Philly is in the be careful category. You seem to have a question as to why, Demonte. Uh, why is this in the be careful? Yeah. Vrabel covers 75% of the time as an underdog. And is sixteen and ten straight up as an underdog of over a field goal. Okay, this is so that is exactly the reason that this is a be. I don't feel comfortable enough in the to me. So let me explain. The Eagles' weakness right now is going to be their pass defense. They're very banged up in the secondary. 
Jordan Davis isn't back yet, and Jordan Davis isn't he's their big nose tackle. But what he allows them to do with the other guys on the defensive line, losing him even as a rookie, affects every part of their team, right? The way to get after Philly is the run, is to throw the football. I don't trust the Titans' ability to consistently throw the football to be able to exploit that. But everything you said about Vrabel is why this is a be careful, because I think the general public is going to be all over Philadelphia. Philly at home laying less than a touchdown when they just ran for 350 yards on national television this past weekend. I think everyone's going to be on Philly. I think the smart side is Tennessee, but I don't trust Tennessee's ability to be able to necessarily exploit the one thing Philadelphia is weakest at. So for those reasons, it's a be careful. But the right side is what you were implying. The right side would be Tennessee. Seattle at the Rams is a be careful for this reason. Everyone, after watching Bryce Perkins against the Chiefs, everyone is going to be on Seattle. And I understand this will be a Seattle home game. And Aaron Donald's out. There are, is so Aaron Donald's out, Stafford's out. I know it's technically a Rams home game, but Seattle's going to have the crowd. Cup's gone. Uh, well, Cup's been gone, exactly. Right. How could anyone possibly bet the Rams? The, the Chiefs played terribly this past weekend, and they still covered 15 and a half. I think this is a game that Seattle is going to be in. Everyone's teaser. Everyone's teaser. And Seattle minus seven is going to be the most popular bet of the week. That's why it's a be careful. Do I have any analysis as to why the Rams could cover? I don't. Do I also think Seattle blows them out? I do. But it feels like, given what we saw from Perkins, given the fact that Donald's not expected to play all of these things, it should be Seattle minus 10 and a half. They're only minus seven. The general public is going to be all over them. My guess is Matt can tell me in my ear if I'm right. Victor, who's done well this year, but Victor is our winning square better. Victor has Seattle involved in everything he's doing this weekend <laughs> and loves them. I know it. So all those reasons just make me a little concerned that Seattle minus seven is too good. DeMonte is going to have another 13-team parlay. Seattle money line in Seattle is going to be all over it. I already know these things. Just be careful. And the last one, be careful, New Orleans at Tampa Bay, Tampa minus three and a half. Tom Brady could lose. So here's <laughs> the thing. Dennis Allen is one of the worst coaches ever. I, I have a fun fact for you. So I got to find the guy's name. Uh, gosh, darn it. Or I got original owner, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so here's so I was looking up the worst coaches in NFL history. Okay, I got it. Worst coaches in NFL history. And because Dennis Allen's sixth worst ever. And four of them are other like Rod Marinelli and Hugh Jackson and people that have been relatively recently. But if the Saints lose out the rest of the way, Dennis Allen could catch some of those guys. And then there is one guy. His name is Burt Bell who coached, uh, I'm going to tell you his coaching record. He coached Philadelphia in the late 30s and early 40s. And 
This is what Philadelphia did. They were one and eleven. They were then two and eight. They were then five and six. They were then one and nine, and then one and ten. He finished his Philadelphia career ten and forty-four, <laughs> winning less than twenty percent of his games. He then, and I saw that. He then was the head coach of the Steelers the next year. And I was like, hold on a minute. This guy started his career in Philly 3-19 and and got to coach three more years. <laughs> Ended his career in Philly 2-19 and and then got another job. So I said, I was in a, the TV meeting when it happened. And I said, did he own the team or something? <laughs> And then I looked it up. He did. <laughs> he owned the Eagles and then coached them in, 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 to hell. So then sold them and bought the Steelers and made himself the coach there too. <laughs> and then finally hired a new coach. And then guess what? Sold the Steelers and became the commissioner of the NFL. <laughs> Burt Bell, the worst coach ever, who owned two teams, made himself the head coach of both. Then was the commissioner of the league for 13 years and is a Hall of Famer. Hey, what a life. Man. What a life. I was like, how did this guy get six years of coaching winning 19% of his games? And the answer was buying the team hey, and then becoming and and then, and then becoming the commissioner of the league. All right. Here's why. All right. Here's why that's relevant. That is wild, right? That's really so wild. Here's why that's relevant. Dennis Allen's name is on the same list as Burt Bell. So I'm not betting on Dennis Allen ever, ever. He's the Saints head coach. However, why should the Bucs be favored by more than a field goal? Go ahead. Well, I was saying that shouldn't bet on Tom Brady, but the way that they lost was kind of like the fact that it even went into overtime. Like they really held the Browns. Of course. Like the entire and game. And the Saints are doing this weird thing where they won't let Jameis Winston play, even though he's clearly better than Dalton. And I think people will be like, well, they know they need a quarterback, so they're you know kind of shadow tanking their season. But they don't have their draft pick. The, right. e the Eagles have the Saints draft pick. Think about that. The Eagles might get a top eight pick in this year's draft, they're, even though they're going to go 15-2 and two or 14-3 and three or something. Point is this. I can't lay more than a field goal with Tampa. Tristan Wirfs got hurt in overtime. Yeah. Tampa, the, I think Tampa probably wins, but I just be careful there. And then the perfectly priced games, last three. Jets at Minnesota, Denver at Baltimore, and Miami at San Francisco. We're always quick in these categories. Minnesota, at Minnesota and the Jets, to me, are nearly equivalent quality teams. Jets have an unbelievable defense. Minnesota is an unbelievable player in Justin Jefferson. I'm actually excited to watch this game purely to watch Sauce on Justin Jefferson. I think Sauce is already the best corner in football. I know he's a rookie. Seeing him on Justin Jefferson is excellent. Minnesota getting the three points for me. I've got a quick question. Yeah. How is Mike White getting three points against a nine and two team on, on the perfectly on the road on the perfectly priced category? What are they smoking in Vegas? Well, no, I think it. I think that is just right because I don't think Minnesota is that good. And I think the Jets defense is exceptional. And so Minnesota, what they're saying is they think the Jets and the Vikings are about equivalent teams and that Minnesota is getting the three points at home. I, some people might think the Vikings are way better than the Jets. I don't think that. 
And I think Mike White will be exposed against a team that can get a lot of pressure. I don't think the Vikings are that, but I expect the Vikings to win like 20 to 17. Uh, Denver at Baltimore. Baltimore, <clears throat> Baltimore minus eight is exactly where it should be. More than a touchdown, not 10 points because the offenses look shaky lately. And Miami at San Francisco, which might be the game, one of the games of the year, to, I think that line is just right. San Francisco is better than Miami, but not much better. They're at home. Miami's got to go all the way up to San Francisco. So San Francisco minus four in what I expect to be around a 21-17 game. I do expect Tua to come down to earth a bit against this Niners defense. If Tua lights this Niners defense up, then I will have to on Monday come on this show and maybe start to evolve on my Tua opinion. I don't have to do that yet. There's our perfectly priced category. We'll do the right move. We'll see if we have any exotics, and we'll do the offer. By the way, last week gave out two offers. I didn't take one. I did take the other. They both hit. The Thanksgiving Day offer and the Jags money line offer. Never a doubt on the Jags money line offer. Two point conversion for That's the victory. insane because there was like a doubt up until they got to never win a doubt. The game. Maybe you doubted it. I never doubted but the it. The offer was like covering basically from start to finish the entire time. Like there was no yeah, question. The Cowboys. I mean, I, the, the Bills were in question. The Bills money line was in question. Don't say that. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright. We've got our six picks this week. We were supposed to be five. We made it six. Atlanta plus one against Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett shouldn't be a a road favorite against anyone. Giants plus two and a half against Washington. Taylor Heineke should not be a road favorite against a good defense. Chargers minus one and a half against the Raiders. Chargers have to win the game. Raiders have a terrible coach. I like the Chargers. Kansas City minus two against Cincinnati. Patrick Mahomes, less than a field goal favorite, is a must bet against anyone. Colts, plus 11.5 at Dallas. It's just too many points. And then our bonus pick. Jags, minus one at Detroit. The prince that was promised betting ban is off. Last week, we had him on the money line as part of the offer. This week, he gets, for the you know just the second time in his career, back-to-back victories. Jags are back. Prince that was promised was back. Jags over win total. Alive again. That was one of our big bets of the year. Remember our season preview show. What do we say our single favorite future was? Tampa under 11 and a half. That bet has cashed and it's week 13. They are already <laughs> have hit. They could win the rest of their games and they would go 11 and six. How about that for a sharp wager by your guy? So there it is. There's our six bets this week. Now time for the right move. The right move has not gone well for us this year. It has been cursed a bit. However, even though I joked about this earlier, I don't believe in curses. Kansas City minus two is the right move. I'm not scared. (laughs) What are you laughing about? It's the best bet on the board. The Chiefs minus two is the best bet on the board. I'm flying to Vegas in a few hours. I'm going to go there. I'm going to bet some World Cup. I'm going to play some poker. And I'm going to win a lot of money. And then all of the money that I've won, I'm going to take it up in a big bundle to the counter. And I'm going to slide it into the teller and say, Kansas City minus two, please, sir or ma'am. And they're going to have to call someone over. They're going to be like, 
You know, are we allowed to take a bet this time? You're allowed to take the bet. Oh, it would be dope that you'll be right next to some slot machines to win your money back if okay. you don't hit. Okay, I don't play slots, first of all. I've never played slots. Show me some respect. I will play a little bit of blackjack, a lot of poker, and watch a lot of World Cup. That's my plan for this weekend. Your mom will be shopping. That's my plan. And then I'm all of my profit, I am doubling it by betting it on Kansas City minus two. This is not sound gambling strategy, by the way, but I'm in Vegas. It's my team. It's the game of the year. I don't have an exotic for you this week. There's not a teaser I like. Every teaser you could build involves Seattle being teased down, and I'm a little nervous about that Seattle Rams game for one reason or another. So I don't have an exotic for you. Demonte, what's the offer? The offer this week is called Mahomes Locks Up the MVP. Okay. The producers, the producers and I have heard you say that you like the Pats on Thursday night. So let's say Josh Allen can't cover the three and a half versus New England. Jalen Hurts Eagles don't cover versus Tennessee. And Kansas City beats Cincy by an adjusted spread of six and a half. Payout plus 792. Okay, I, I don't do adjusted spreads because I'm not a child. However, I'm going to counter your offer with this one because the one piece of jo- of the MVP that you guys didn't include was Tua, who has a better chance right now than Josh Allen. Josh Allen. So my counter offer would be the Patriots plus three and a half, the Chiefs minus two. What's the other one you had? It's uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles yeah. don't cover against Tennessee. Okay, so Tennessee plus five, and then the Miami Dolphins team total under. Let me see what that is. They are the away team, Miami total points, under 20 and a half. That is plus 1,300. I'm taking that offer. So your offer I decline. I am instead, I am doing New England plus three and a half, Tennessee plus the five, KC minus two, and the Dolphins under 20 and a half points against San Francisco. That's my counter offer. That way we're fading Tua and not being invested in Jimmy Garoppolo, which I don't want to have to be. <laughs> Plus 12.58 to be exact. I'll take that offer. Good luck, everyone. If you're in Vegas this weekend, come say hello. If you see me, I'll be in the sports book or in the Aria Poker Room. Talk to you guys on Monday. What's right?